the James Suckling Podcast. Wine ratings, reports, interviews and more. Hello. Hello. Good morning. Good. Thank you. Um, I have your wines here. I have five bottles. So I have the Barolo, um, the normal Barolo 2018. And then I have the three single vineyards. And then I have the Samasa Diacciani. Okay, perfect. So. Um, great. I will, I will let you lead this tasting, if you will. Uh, maybe you could tell me first a bit about the 2018 vintage uh, in general. And then we can take it from there. Sure. So we'll have full Barolo from 2018. And the peculiarity of the tasting is that these will all be Barolos within the community um, town so, uh, of Barolo. So a very small area of vineyards which are walking distance from the other, yet so different that we will have, at least in the three single vineyards, three very unique expressions that will really show their true colors. 2018 was quite a challenging vintage in terms of uh, work to be carried out in the vineyards because uh, as a difference from this year, we did have a lot of rain. Rain already in wintertime in the first months of the, um, of the year, some rain also at the beginning of summer. So this created, of course, a great water supply, but made it more challenging for what concerns every work that has been carried out in the vineyards. Good aspect, however, was that this great water supply compensated for the very dry season that we had in 2017. So this mm. restored all this water, restored um, the, uh, the soil, the allowing, and we will see this in the tasting, really good expressions uh, in all of the uh, in all of the sites. It is a vintage, however, that um, is very much burgundy style because it allowed even more compared to um, uh, it allowed even more uh, the differences that you can find between one among one between one uh, site and the other. Mm. So according to the specific floor of each vineyard, um, you could really see the difference and uh, this, you know, the specific of the vintage have been uh, enhanced by the peculiar terroirs. Just to give you an example, between Costa di Rosa and Sarmassa, uh, there is not even one kilometer in terms of distance as the crow flies. But yet okay. uh, in Costa di Rosa, the soil is so sandy that usually allows a very uh, perfumed, a very expressed bouquet in the Barolo, while Sarmassa tend to be really tight. So I would start from uh, the... Uh, 2018 Barolo del Comune di Barolo, this one here. Yep. Mm -hmm. So this is a blend from the three other vineyards, well, from the three vineyards. Exactly. This includes up to 11 vineyards within the municipality of Barolo. So more sites within, however, our little town. The peculiarity of the town of Barolo is that it's located central uh, compared to the winemaking area. So it benefits from the different soil types, the different uh, uh, geological uh, eras of soil. So in town, we can find vineyards which are very ancient, that date back 14 million of years ago. At the same time, we can find vineyards which are way more uh, younger, that date back only to seven, uh, eight million of years ago. So of course, the soil composition in these two situations changes a lot. The name itself, Barolo, comes from the Celtic Basrul, which means low rise place because of this peculiar position. So Barolo is interesting as a village because of these um, 
peculiarities, microclimate and very diverse soil type. So in this first Barolo, we kind of show all of this into a wine, which is actually a blend. So we have more freedom here to interpret the village as we can see it uh, on a daily basis by having uh, up to those 11 single vineyards vinified separately first, later on reblended into a bigger uh, Slavonian cask, so to allow the balance between the peculiarities of each vineyard. And uh, in 2018 particularly, because it was a wetter uh, vintage, does that change the proportion of the of the vineyards that you use? Was there were there ones that you use more than others in that blend? In a vintage like 2018, we kind of prefer vineyards. Uh, um, well, of course, the balance is what is the most important. So, by vinifying individually every vineyard, we can shape. Uh, that uh, as the uh, characteristic of it require, and then find uh, the, um, the harmony by blending all the characteristics together. In a vintage mm -hmm. like 2018, because of the greater expression, because of the, um, uh, of the great water supply, we did have some vineyards like Costa di Rosa, very sandy, that were already very expressive, but we preferred a greater amount of more compact and stony soils, such as the Sarmassa or Avera, which could bring that, you know, greater tanning approach and uh, um, greater structure that you can feel in the, uh, um, in the body of the wine. Mm. So, of course, you can feel the expression on the nose is already very... Uh, revealing itself. Um, we usually uh, wait for one more year of uh, aging in bottle before releasing our wines. So uh, this is a sort of preview of our 2018, which will, however, be showed uh, in 2023. But you can tell already now how delicate the expression of the mm. fruit and how um, already uh, notable, how you can notice it already mm. now. I completely agree with the, it's very delicate. It's almost got this like very weightless feel. Obviously it is very structured and you have, you have the tannins, but they're very fine. It's very elegant and delicate. Lots of like fresh red berries, red flowers. Mm -hmm. Some spices that already start to show, but in a very shy way. Mm. So this is really the work of the, um, of the family and the winemaker that together we uh, agree on what the balance should be. So we taste every single vineyard individually, and then we taste uh, the potential blender that we can make. It's really, you know, like uh, here's where we can put the greatest creativity. Uh, Barolo del Comune di Barolo has always been the wine that um, allowed us to show ourselves uh, through the wine itself. Our single vineyards are more um, I would say strict representation of the terroir of that specific mention of that specific vineyard. Mm, definitely. And just out of curiosity, um, in the timeline of, of uh, Marchesi Barolo, did you start off with the Barolo blend and then slowly bottle the specific vineyards or when did you decide to do that? Well, so being our an historical house, the winery has been uh, founded already in the 1800s. The, the cellars in which my family vinifies today are still the same ones that were Marquis Juliet started to make Barolo 
uh, as, the fir- as the first producer back in the 1800s. In 1830s, um, the winery was already active in a commercial way. We have all the uh, documents uh, from that time. And uh, later on, when Marquis Juliette was able to establish this new denomination, Barolo, so this new wine, which for the first time was dry, still, and yet austere and long lasting, um, uh, the different uh, uh, vineyard owners, uh, land owners that then turned their land into vineyards in Barolo started to make Barolo themselves. And among these, that my family started in the second half of the 1800s. And in 1929, uh, we bought the state of the Marchesi, moving from just next to the castle where we used to be before to the historical cellars of the Marquises that were left to a charity organization since the Marquis passed away until 1929. Which single vineyard should we start with? I will go with Costa di Rose. Great. And this is because Costa di Rose is the most sandy one within the town of Barolo. As you can't be here with me, uh, this is how Costa di Rose looks like. You can see it's uh, super sandy, really, really fine. Yeah. So this type of soil allows uh, um, Nebbiolo to be immediately very expressive. So, you know, despite the fact that this is an already expressive vintage, it shows even more. In any year, it's the most open one uh, among the different ones that we show from the town of Barolo. And you can see even compared to the Barolo, del Comune di Barolo, which still has a percentage of vineyards like this one in it, it is immediately finer and, um, and really aromatic. I mean, for what Nebbiolo uh, can be aroma- aromatic. It it's, it's, a, it's a very beautiful, um, like the aromatics are very fresh and vibrant red fruit. So I'm getting a lot of like red berries, even like watermelons, like very fresh and juicy red fruit. Right. It's lighter compared to the Barolo, the Comune di Barolo. Also on the bouquet, it immediately feels uh, uh, fine and more delicate and more, um, more expressed. So here we are on the um, uh, southeast uh, part of the town. Uh, as I was saying, it's one of the most sandy vineyards, and the um, it, which is only distant 400 meters from Canubi and like one kilometer from Sarmassa. But yet, uh, it should be in an area where soils are more compact and stony because it's already looking towards uh, Monforte, Castione Falletto, but it is in front of Bussia. But so the, the peculiarity, as I was saying, of the town of Barolo is to have all these crossovers of different soil types. So we do find very sandy vineyards in a place where you ideally would not expect them. Excellent. So if we want to move on uh, Canubi, I would go there next. Mm-hmm. You can tell it's much tighter. Is that on the nose, it doesn't really show much right now. Uh, Canubi, it's a richer vineyard in terms of uh, clay and limestone. So it's a nice mix of sand, limo, but also a more compact uh, um, uh, component, which allow a greater, um, it, it's a usually a, a very equilibrated, a very harmonic vineyard because it has a little bit of everything in it. 
is central into the winemaking area. It's really if you have to, you know, um, uh, put a line to divide Baron into two, that line will pass over Kanubi. So it's uh, uh, just as it's very central in its position, is also very central in terms of the different soils that it benefits from. So it's a more, uh, like, it's a greater mix, as you can see also mm. here, probably. It has some, you know, more... Um, uh, Larger. Um, yes. Mm. So roots already have to struggle a little more in this greater, um, this greater uh, stress of the vine is translated into a tighter uh, wine, more um, difficult in its release. Mm. I find it um, a little bit more complex. So it's still quite red fruited, but you've also got like dried roses and a bit of your classic tar and even some like white truffle character, slight earthy hints to it. And tannins also are way stronger here. Uh, you have a greater grip on your tongue. I mean, even in Costa di Rosa, you can find it, but not as evident as it is in Canubi. In Costa di Rosa, tannins are already smoother. This is a prerogative, is a characteristic of vineyards like Costa di Rosa that have all the scent in them. While in vineyards, which are more, you know, rocky and compact, you find this more aggressive tannin component, which allows a greater balance in the wine. You have that fruity, light expression, but at the same time, a nice weight. Mm -hmm. Always keep in mind that we are tasting a vintage, which is very aromatic in its expression mm -hmm. because of that great water supply. So that red, lighter fruit component, I think we will find it all the way um, even with Sarmassa, which is the third single vineyard and is usually the most uh, uh, austere, the most tight, the most vertical one. This is because Sarmassa is for sure the most uh, uh, stony vineyard that we have within the Comune of Barolo. It's on the side that already goes towards uh, uh, La Morra. So we are mm -hmm. on the northwest um, part of Barolo. And today you would expect to have a lot of sand, but all that line where Sarmasa sits on is actually very rocky. Vineyard look, looks um, at something like this. So even more, you know, greater uh, rocks and uh, uh, larger ones. And of course, the very large ones are down here. Does that, um, in a year like 2018, if it's wetter, does that, give it more drainage? So usually Sermassa is a vineyard that despite um, uh, water supply doesn't, I mean, despite rain or snowfalls, doesn't really retain a lot because it's so um, structured and has so much clay, uh, limestone, that usually water does not penetrate that much. Vintage itself is very fragrant, um, so you do get a lot of aromatics, but it's slightly darker. You've got, well, I'm getting some like tea leaves and like dark chocolate, like slightly darker tones to it rather than the very bright red fruit of Costa di Rose or Canubi. But it still takes longer, I think, in order to get there. You have to be really trained to discover them if you're approaching it um, as a, uh, I can say, new but all enthusiastic, it will be more difficult to understand just because these are notes which arrive to you in, in a little while. While fruits immediately conquer your nose, 
for these other notes, uh, it takes a little bit more time so to detect mm. them. But on the on the palate, you can tell how fresh it is. Sarmasa is always very, very mineral. Is uh, probably yeah. the most balsamic expression of Barolo that we find within the town. Um, of course, we always are redimensioning this to the village. When I say Barolo, I don't mean the greater area, but only the town in this case. Um, roots here really have to dig into deep. India is so stressed that you, all this concentrated concentration is translated into a very tight wine. And this is yeah. why Sarmasa is the only one uh, among the three that we also propose with a 10-year uh, aging on it. Um, because again, despite the vintage is usually the most tight wine. Okay. So tell me a little bit about uh, tw the 2012 vintage. So 2012 was quite, uh, uh, you know, for some aspects, it was similar to 2018 uh, because we did have some nice um, water, uh, which was, however, more uh, um, dosed uh, throughout, the, uh, throughout the year. So it was not uh, all the way <laughs> till uh, summertime. Um, that especially the difference in temperature between uh, um, day and night uh, towards the um, uh, summer and then early uh, early full time allowed uh, 2012 to be a vintage which has uh, um, a lot of uh, rigor, um, a lot uh, of rigor, uh, rigor. Thank you very much. So you can tell this um, um, uh, how classic it is in this sense. Tannins are already um, they're very evident especially because they come from a vineyard like Sarmassa, but they are starting to show uh, some, uh, um, some softness in them. On the nose, that darker, you know, um, profile that you were, um, that you were uh, describing in the 2018 has already uh, sweetened up a little bit, uh, probably instead of uh, you were saying, Dark chocolate in the 2018, probably cacao. So uh, the cocoa bean, um, it was, uh, you know, more evident here. You can feel already some chocolate, which is sweeter than the bitter bean. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. I also get a chocolate orange. So you have like a, like cacao, dark chocolate, but also a bit of like orange zest quality to it, which is, which is beautiful. And you can keep even this for a way longer time than right now. Mm. Well, I, I love the I love the sort of savory, like slight mushroomy notes that Nebbiolo takes on when you when you allow it to sit for 10, 20 years. Mm. So the beauty when it comes to Barol, in my opinion, is that um, there is never a best or worst moment in when to taste it. Because it's always a, a discovery, it's always a surprise. It's such a it's such an interesting grape of which we still know very little. I mean, we have a uh, library of old vintages that goes all the way back to the 1800s, and since the um, 30s, um, they work after so to uh, allow a future tasting on them. So periodically every 30 years or so, my dad together with the winemaker would taste all wines from that same vintage, changing. It's a very delicate process, of course, because we would take the cork, 
away, would taste a little bit of the wine. Then if the wine is showing well, we would mm, pour it uh, away from the bottle, clean the bottle, and then refill it with that same wine. So out of 10 bottles, we will be left with only nine doing this process because by tasting and refilling, uh, that is what we would have. So we will lose a little bit of what we have. But if the wine never goes bad in terms of aging, the cork has a short life. So that has to be changed. Otherwise, it shrinks and the wine will go bad because of the um, uh, too great oxygenation that it will, uh, so the oxidation that it will have. But we feel like this process is necessary. So to grow a memory on Nebbiolo, because despite, you know, this is a very ancient winery and Barolo was born thanks to Juliette Colbert in some of the same barrels that we still use today. Uh, there is still very little um, that has been uh, known about Nebbiolo. I mean, there is still a lot of mystery um, on this great varietal, which keeps on surprising us more and more. And the more it ages, in my opinion, the more you can be familiar with it. Because when Nebbiolo is strong, and, and probably, you know, today we have more tools, uh, um, techniques, uh, and in general knowledge and know-how, so to approach uh, this great varietal as soon as it is released. So in the vineyard and then as soon as it's released in the bottle, but, um, you know, we know it today uh, to, um, to have a forecast of what it can be in some years. It still takes a lot of time. So it's, um, it's a great opportunity, the one that our Winchester left us. And, um, and we want to take advantage of it the most possible. But still, I feel there is a lot to do in, uh, you know, in that between. So we keep on tasting those old vintages. So to be able to understand this grape, uh, um, always more in its uh, in, um, uh, intimita, uh, you know, to get very close uh, to mm. it. But the evolution that I can, um, uh, you know, I can assimilate evolution of an biologist as the uh, evolution of a person. Mm, absolutely. And what's the uh, what's the oldest bottle that you have in the library? So the oldest ones would be bottles from the 1800s, but, uh, you know, drinking uh, so that they've been, uh, you know, kept, preserved and, uh, and, and maintained. So to be drinkable, it would be uh, 1937. And you, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like with the, with the blend, you can almost uh, achieve more complexity sooner. Whereas with the other single vineyards, you need to wait until they fully express themselves. For sure. But this is the whole idea behind um, a blend. The blend allows you to, um, how can you say, where one vineyard lacks in something, you can compensate by adding another vineyard, which, you know, can uh, uh, top up uh, for that lack. Um, and, uh, and this is your concept behind a blend versus a single vineyard. Mm -hmm. It's like a painting. If you have only one color at your disposal, then like a single vineyard, that is what you will show. But if you're able to blend that color together with a lighter or a darker one, then you're able to create all the different shades to mm. give more uh, deepness and more breadth to your painting. I like that comparison. Yeah. Is that, I think if, you know, wine is such a beautiful um, element 
and topic because you can uh, compare it to so many different things. Uh, it can be, you know, uh, if you're a music expert or lover, you can find some parallelism with that. The same is with art in general, you know, paintings or uh, also literature. So is uh, there is a whole world which can relate to wine and which should relate to wine.